You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is Tanya Pinkins. Welcome back for part two of my delicious conversation with Bridget Everett. Visit me at bpn forward slash you can't say that. So creatively, what do you want to do next? What do I want to do? Well, I just shot a pilot for HBO and I'm waiting to see if that's going to get picked up. That's been really cool. But um, is it your show or is it a show you're on? It's a show for me. So okay. it's a lot. It's It has a lot of my sensibilities. Like, you know, there's some singing and there's like, some comedy, but also drama. But, you know, I think like, I, I really want to just like reboot. I don't really know. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like part of like the writing the shows and stuff was like just a way to sort of, it felt like primal. It felt like mm-hmm. a need. Like it felt like I, I needed to like rip my heart open and like, and I, and I've been doing like a lot of shows and, and, you know, I feel like there's certain stories that I've like already told. And so now I'm just looking for like the next story to tell, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't need to be sitting on people's faces right now. I still enjoy motorboating people. I still like enjoy making people laugh. But um, yeah, I, I just don't know, you know, like it's, you know, when you're like, you know, I'm like, a, I started as like a cabaret singer or whatever. And then I've been acting more because like that sort of come along. But like there isn't like a real roadmap for like somebody that looks like me or is me or has my style of performing. I don't know. Do you, you know, know Hannah Gadsby? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I love Hannah Gadsby. I feel like yeah. she's like my muse because she's just crafted her own thing. And I feel like that's exactly. what you do. I mean, yeah. is that, do you feel that way? Yeah. But then sometimes it feels like, you know, it's like, this is a bad analogy, but like, you know, before I was like, follow the yellow brick road, basically like just sort of follow, follow, follow to like Oz. And now I got to Oz and I don't really, know what's next. You know what I mean? I, I, I achieved the thing I want to achieve, which was for people to see my show and to, and to enjoy it. And to like, you know, I got to do a a comedy central special like five years ago or something, but I want more. I just don't know what it is. So now you just like, um, somebody needs to take you and push you over your edge so you can find it with the next big. Yeah. I think I need like a thing like that to happen Mm -hmm. again, because before it was just like, not desperation. No, it was desperation. But it was. It was a. It was that frust- creative frustration. Creative like, frustration. I gotta exactly. Right. I gotta create. Right. I gotta yeah. create. I gotta create. Yeah. And then you're given this opportunity, and it's like, okay, well, I'm still alive. Yeah. Like I, I got to do more. I mean, I, I, I live there. I live in this place of like, okay, and now I, 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 what else? What else? Yeah. What else? What else can I do? How much? I, 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 I would like to die like by spontaneous combustion because I've just like expanded creatively yeah. so much that there's just nothing left except to just. Yeah. And I, you know, I think like on, you know, there's like on Instagram and stuff, I follow some people and it's like, I feel like there's like people that hustle, hustle, hustle. Like they always want to be working. They always want to be, you know, they, they want to be doing better than the next guy, making money. Like there's people, you know, that that I feel are driven by that. Yeah. But I'm driven by what excites me and like what, 
and what creatively like where I can sort of blow out of myself. Yes. That's the only way I can describe it. You know, just you like know I get that. Just like you know, I get that. Um, and when it, and I I don't know what that is next. You know, if it's another like show or more songs or more music, but I just want to feel like the rocket shoot out of my body again. Yeah. I think that, you know, we forget that everything is kind of seasonal and yeah. there's that season of winter where there's the time where the things are germinating underground and sometimes you got to give yourself some space and time for that next little shoot to pop yeah. up. I try to say that to my students that we're always like, I said, you know, what? how are you going to fill your day when you no longer have a teacher telling you what to do or a parent to tell you what to do? Are you just going to run out and busy yourself building someone else's castle? Yeah. And so I feel like it seems like you have the luxury right now that you don't have to go work at a restaurant or something. Right. So, like, revel in the luxury of the space and time for that to, you know, the creative yeah, fire you're to right. start to smolder and then let the flame happen rather than feeling this urgency, you know? I yeah. feel like that urgency often leads people to keep repeating old things, which are which our culture will happily pay you a lot of money to keep doing the same thing over and over again because it's like McDonald's yeah. and Starbucks excels. But if you're real creative being, you're like, well, I, I did that. I want to do something else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's I want to risk failing. That's what's surprising about it. It's like, you know, I was like, I was like, thought, well, I can do this like show for the rest of my life. And I can, like, I enjoy it. Like there's something so vital about doing what you've written and doing it for an audience. But like, but you're right. It's like, I need the next creative explosion to happen. But I think that like all the, the, um, the data that the phone is gathering, like, you know, I'm numbing myself. So like, I just want to, I think a lot of people, I don't know, like people do retreats and shit, but I'm like, I think I don't like religion. I don't like, I don't like giving up to another, mm -hmm. another being, another power, whether it's God mm -hmm. or Buddha or, or that Bikram guy who's allegedly like put his <laughs> fled the country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to figure, but it's, it's, it's good. To, I like what you were saying about, you know, not busy, you know, what are you going to do, busy up your day? But, like, like the where we are right now, you just look out and you see, like, there's all these offices, right? And there's all those people. And I never... Want to be one. I never want to be that. I, mean, I, would, I would rather go back to waiting tables. I don't, hope I never have to, but... Because I did that shit for 25 years. I think I paid my, my dues, but... <clears throat> I don't know. There's a lot of opportunity. There's like so much shit that can be done, you know, podcasting, fucking writing songs. Maybe I'll move to Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the possibilities are endless. I think they're only limited by your imagination. And I don't think you have to follow in anybody else's footsteps. I mean, I yeah. think that's what I you know, try to instill in my students. Like create something that never was before. Like your show yeah. was something that had never been done before. Yeah. It was so uniquely you. I think you have to like wait for that same impulse to rise in you and yeah. like, I feel like each one of us is this, you know, I'm going to be all spiritual with you. It doesn't matter whether you believe in it or not, but you're like this divine spark of energy. If you just wait, something's going to spark up and flame. Yeah. But I think most of us are like too uncomfortable in the discomfort that we just go and cover up the little smoldering thing yeah. with something to just feel like we're doing something. I think you're hundred percent right. I think that like, you know, maybe I cover it up with too much wine. I don't know about like, no, but you me, know, wine is, if that's, I, this is, I'm, I know I'm being like, you know, all preachy, uh -huh. but I feel like the devil mm. is expectation that yeah. your life should be anything other than what it is. Like, I think you're right. I agree with you. 
Like, if this is what you do, this is what you do. And if you yeah. want to change it, you will or you won't. But yeah. if this is where you are, yeah. there's something that's feeding whatever the spark that you is out yeah. of that. Yeah. And I think the bad things that happen to us, if you look back in hindsight, mm-hmm. they led you to the next thing. They were necessary. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's been like, you know, it's been like such a crazy day. And I was like, man, I don't want to. Were you recording a new album today? No, no, no. I just, you know, I had like, you know, not, I don't want to get into, I was just having like a bad day. And I was like, is this going to be the next thing? Is this like what I'm going to go through to have to, you know, but it's, I was just like walking around and I felt like sort of simultaneously, like fully connected to uh, fear, you know, like fully and also like slightly numb, but like, mm. but the fear, like there's something like about fear that, you know, you just, it makes you idle so much higher or something. I don't know. But it, I, I feel like it's like shaking me out of something, like shaking me out of like this, like sort of a, awake, I'm a, awake asleep. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you know, I'm like sort of just like sleepwalking for a minute. So like this fear is maybe a good thing, you know? May, may I ask what made the day bad? Like, what's your bad? Mm, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I just, I just feel like it was just, you know, some, some bad news, and you just feel scared. And I'm like, oh man, I don't want to go do a podcast. I, don't want to. I was like, <laughs> I was like, but you know, I bet, I bet Tanya's maybe just the exact right person to talk to <laughs> right now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it just means that you know, life keeps going, and it's a reminder to. Um, wake the fuck up, you know, mm. and just, and I just want to like, I want somebody to take like the shockers to my creative spirit and shocker. Mm. The pilot was really fantastic. Like I felt really fully, like I was doing something that felt like fully realized, but if it doesn't go, you know, then like, what am I going to do next? It's just like, there's so much uncertainty in in show business and like in the arts and like. But what there is an uncertainty in is in your creative spirit. That's right. So if that show doesn't go, you've got so many more stories, so many other shows. Yeah. Like, I don't know what your contract is and how that goes, but yeah. it's not like if that show doesn't go, there's another thing that you can make. Yeah. And you know, Jim and my, our friend Jim, our mutual friend, we are, we're part of the songwriters group. And like, I have been like, sort of like lazy about going, but like the rule is we go once a month and you have to write a song, good or bad. And it's like, it just forces you to sit down and like produce you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes you have to have a deadline. Sometimes you have to have a reason to go. And we do this thing called the hook challenge. Like we'll just like, for instance, like if you were over and we were talking about like Jim Crow chicken or something, that might be the hook. And we'd be like, do it, sing a hook about like Jim, Jim Crow, Crow chicken. chicken. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and and the like, Jim Crow I think we need a Jim Crow chicken song. <laughs> yeah. But it's usually like the, the silly shit like that, that like just inspires like, oh, sorry, that like wakes you back up. So I got to get back to that. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm not going to write the Jim Crow chicken song. That should be yours. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. They're going to make the black girl write the Jim Crow chicken song. I think that's so racist. <laughs> no, I know. I don't know. God, I got Here I go. Don't get me in trouble, Tanya. Uh, I got to get you in trouble, Bridget. Come on. Got to get you in some trouble. I, I mean, like for me, it's really interesting to hear you talk about this, this space of looking for more creativity because one of the things I, I ponder all the time because I – I, I engage with a lot of celebrities. I mm-hmm. happen to find myself in rooms with them. And so often 
my experience of some of the really high-level celebrities that I've encountered is that I experience them as caged. Mm -hmm. That um, it may be a really pretty diamond-gilded cage, Mm -hmm. but um, I experience them as on somebody's leash, having to go where somebody wants them to go to make this money, to Mm -hmm. keep this fame, to keep this lifestyle, and... You know, that's just what I experience it as. And and, I, and it feels, doesn't feel very free. I agree with that. But I think like, I but you're famous and you're well known and you've been working forever. And what I love about you is it's just, it's just like, at least as a spectator, it's like, you don't care. <laughs> like you're doing, you're doing what you want to do. Like you have your bills to pay. And of course, like you have to work, you know, whatever. But like, I feel like you don't make choices based on, um, driven by like, uh, wanting to be more famous or wanting whatever. I the just, cage scares me. Yeah. The cage really scares me. And I think it came from even as a young girl, like, it, you know, for boys. It was like, mm-hmm. for me, it was like, I don't want you to just like me because I'm pretty. I need to know that you're going to like me when I'm not pretty. And so yeah. I would like show up not ready. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, the expectations of others, all of that, uh, having to meet expectations and mm-hmm. fulfill them all the time. I know that that is not who I am nor who I want to be. So I, I want to just let you know up front. Yeah. Let's not have any illusions <laughs> that I'm going to be obedient and do that. It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. So let's just know that. And if you can deal with that, yeah. great. But other than that, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm too old. I know I can't, I can't do it. But it's hard. Like, in this, like, I feel like in some ways you have to be like a certain kind of obedient in some ways because like you're being employed. I'm speaking for myself. Right, you know right, what I right. mean? Like, it's like that's the cage, though. you know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the cage. That's the cage. That's the cage. <laughs> that is the cage. I just want to live outside the cage. <laughs> it's it's it, you know I, I think I get to live outside the cage because I my needs are small. Uh-huh. I don't I'm, I don't have a lot of material needs. Uh-huh. Um, I find that even when I'm spending, I'm spending to support vendors or artists mm-hmm. or creators like. Like I've had a lot of things Mm -hmm. and things never gave me joy. Right. Like some of my most joyful moments are when, you know, we had a can of beans and Mm -hmm. something else and we were having fun. So the material does not drive me. Money does not drive me. You cannot buy me if what Mm -hmm. you're, what you have is not going to engage me, excite me. Yeah. There's just no amount of money you could offer that's going to get me in the room. That cage, that, those golden handcuffs terrify me. So what's next for you then? Like, what do you want to do? I just wrote, I just made a movie. Oh, that's right. That's right. I just right. wrote, produced, directed, yeah, acted, excuse in a movie. <laughs> what, what, what? So when, it, when it, like, what happens? Like, when's that coming out? And I don't know because, mm. you know, it, it feels like, you know, once again, you know, like the spiritual, but like this force just came through me. Like, mm. I feel like I don't matter in a certain sense. And so the emptiness of me is like, you know, there is something so much bigger than me. And if I just am available to it, it's going to come through me and do something. Yeah. I came up with the ideas for this movie at the end of July. I had it in the can November 2nd. Okay. Holy shit. Right. Okay. Like t- t- Netflix. Like, that just does today. not happen. But it does. And for me, it's like about getting out of my way. It was yeah. Like, okay. I'm just going to get out of the way. And I'm like, okay, universe, you want to spontaneously combust me and keep creating through me great i am yeah. available for that yeah i am available to just be exploded or to just die with the universe expressing creatively and through you, me you've never written a movie before never in my life wow i mean i have done shorts 
Mm-hmm. I've done shorts, and the last one I did was a total failure, uh-huh. and I feel it was a great lesson because everything that could go wrong on that short went wrong. Like mm-hmm. the footage had all the um, the frame lines and the battery power and all that was burned into the footage. Twenty six percent of the image was unusable, and I was like, "I'm going to finish this freaking film." Yeah. So I think that working on something that I knew ultimately would fail. Mm-hmm was quite a lesson. Yeah. Quite a lesson of being comfortable with the failure, making the most of the failure. Yeah. And then when I got to making this movie, I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing here. And yeah. I had, I'd also been trailing, uh, shadowing directors in television for the last three years. So yeah. it's like, I, I, you know, three years of it, having the connections to be able to call showrunners and ask to yeah. do that rather than having to apply to programs. Yeah. But after three years, I did not feel any closer to getting a job. And yet yeah. I knew I could do it in my sleep. I was yeah. like, so I'm going to get myself this job. Yeah. So now by doing this, you you know, you've set yourself up to, <coughs> you know, you could, you could direct episodic now and stuff. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know that I'll get anything out of it. I, what I did was I created, I that yeah. creativity bursting through me. I needed to do that. Yeah. And so now I got to learn how to sell one. Now I got to learn how to license one. Now I got to learn how to do the art and the marketing and this and the, that. And it's all new stuff. So that excites me. I'm like, yeah. great. I'm going to be keep, keep learning. Yeah. And who knows what else Bridget's going to do? I don't know, Bridget. You might be a showrunner. Take a nap. <laughs> you know, yeah, after you take a nap, you might be a showrunner. You might find that you want to run a show and you may create yeah. a whole show yourself. Yeah. You know, there's so, I, I see so much. Um, you just are capable of so much. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are. You're brilliant. You're funny. You're smart. Thanks. I love that you have this persona that's kind of the... Sort of dumb girl, but it's so totally not what you are. Thank you. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What happens now? Hmm? What happens now? I don't know. What happens now, Bridget? I don't know. Poppy's licking my hand. My dog is licking my hand. I should have fed her before I came. I'm a bad mama. I had a friend who had a little, um, little Toto dog. A little Toto dog? Yeah, a little Toto dog. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, it, it was a, a, a thing I'm not going to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you can say that. Yeah. I like right, your, your your picture here. It's very beautiful. You know, my mom died last year. Oh, God, I'm sorry. God. <laughs> I didn't mean to make you feel bad. A dog, um, a mom, what's next? No, 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 no. I, I, you know, as odd as this is to say, it was kind of the best gift she ever gave me mm-hmm. um, that she didn't linger. She had cancer for a while and she didn't linger. You know, I see so many of my friends right now who mm-hmm. have parents who are ill and who are mm-hmm. lingering and it takes so much of their creative energy yeah. and force having to take care of them. And, and she didn't do that. She, I think she, you know, went to that, she went into the hospital. She was gone the next day. Um, <gasps> How old is she? She was uh, going to turn Wow. And I think she realized that the sickness had gotten to the point where she couldn't, like, we were going to have to put her in a home or something. Mm -hmm. And she was like, nope, not having that. Yeah. I'm I'm checking on out. Oh, my mom was 85 and she's like, I mean, she's like, 
old. I mean, there's there's a lot of problems. She's like, but if you put me in a home, I'm going to kill myself. Don't fucking put me in a home. Does she live alone? She lives alone. But, you know, she's got one of those life alerts. She's always calling. I've fallen and I can't get up. You know, one of those is bad. But, you know, in some ways I'm like, if she's 85 and she wants to just. If she wants to be here. She wants to be in her house and she wants to, like, fall down and have to call the, you know, and she doesn't want to be somewhere where they can assist her and make life easier, then that's her prerogative. And I respect that. Yeah. I really, really do. And I think my mom was like, oh, I'm at the point where some other people are going to have control over taking care of me. Oh, hell no. Yeah. I'm that person too. I don't want to die in a hospital. No, nope. fuck no. Nope, nope, nope. Let me die at home. Let me die, go off a cliff or something like that. Yeah. But, um, no, that hospital thing. I think that's hospitals are for. Either if you, if an arm or limb is not falling off, yeah. then we don't need to go there. It's truly. Oh man, they make me so sad. Hospitals. <laughs> what is happy about them? Even the colors they paint them. I Though know. I did pass by one of those like exclusive wings where the really rich people got to go. Oh yeah. Where they have like the you know wings coating and their yeah. like, suites and living rooms and stuff. Like, what do you got to do to get in one of those? Do you watch that show? Um, uh, what's it fucking called? It's on HBO. They're all so stressful. The, the Succession? The Succession, yeah. Do you I watch that? I watched season one of that. Oh, I did shit. not want to see it. And one of my friends was like, you have to watch it. I couldn't stop. They were the most disgusting people yeah. ever. But they got they go in that nice hotel room. That must be where <laughs> I saw the hotel hospital. Yeah. It was on Succession. That's the only place it could have been. <laughs> But I saw it, I was like, man, that shit is real. Like, this, I mean, that's like, if you're going to be in the hospital, you can have like a concierge experience like that. But that show, like, I was like, I'm not going to fucking watch this. I don't want to watch another thing about another rich family, another, like, you know, like what people, you know, the despicable things people do to other people, you know, but I watched the whole two seasons in probably like four days. Wow. <laughs> do you? It's is, good. It's good. But this is what I wonder. I wonder if people who are young, growing up watching that, feel like they should aspire to that because they're famous. That's a TV show about them, so this must be the way to be because I'm seeing it on a show. That's what I worry about. Well, I worry about, like, especially, like, kids in New York, like, some of the younger kids I know, they're, like, so, like, New York City kids in particular. I'm sure this is is, this way, you know, but they're, like... They've got to get in these like really good prep schools. They got to, you know, they're all like, what college are they going to go into? But it feels like really hyper heightened here. You know, like the, this, you know, whereas like my nieces and nephews are like, I want to go to K-State so I can party. We're going to go to football games on the weekend. And then I'm going to look for a job when I get done. But it's not this like drive, drive, drive to like, for, for kids to like have that kind of career focus and life focus at that, you know, when they're 15, 16, when they should be out playing, in my opinion, football, softball, you know, yeah. hanging out with their friends, you know, I, I don't know. But now uh, it just, it stresses me out. So when I see that show, I was like, this is like all of that manifested, like, you know, people like wanting money and what they'll do, what the, what the happens to the family unit. And I don't know. It's pretty, you got to watch season two. That shit gets grisly. I was like, this is kind of boring. And in the end you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh, God, I guess I'm going to have to make myself go to the gym and get on the recumbent bike and watch the season two of Succession. It's like it's like Homeland, watching Homeland. Well, Homeland was I didn't worse. Watch like, that. I couldn't Homeland do Homeland makes me, like, so stressed out. And I so, couldn't watch it. Oh, man. That girl was mentally ill and, like, mentally ill. I like, grew up with mental illness, so I can't I can't. I, oh, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. Triggering, it, it, I suppose, yeah, it was, yeah. It was super triggering. I couldn't watch it at all. Everybody said it was great. I was like, 
I spend five minutes. And there was that other one with the bridge with the other lady who was like mentally ill. What I was the bridge one? I don't know that one. That was the person that got killed and they were half on one bridge in one country and half in the other. And she was also, something was wrong with her and I, I couldn't watch that. Oh, fuck. But Hannah Gatsby makes me happy. She makes me laugh. She you know, it's so cry. funny. Like, watch, like not, I, I loved her special and she makes me laugh and I think she's a thinker and she's like, but I had discussions with some of my male friends, straight and gay, and they almost across the board had a problem with it. Like what? <clears throat> like, you know, like one of them was like, you know, she's like talking about men and it's like she's talking to all of us, but we're not all like that. And I'm like, that's, you know, like shit like that or like, or, uh, or it wasn't funny enough or it wasn't this. I was like, it's a piece, you know, she's giving a perspective like based on what happened to her. And I did think it was funny and I thought it was moving and it actually wasn't just men. I think that there were a lot of people that had a problem with it, which I didn't. And that's un- what I love. I yeah, but I I thought it was really moving and brave and smart and I've watched it 13 funny. times. Shit. That's how much I love it. Have you met her? No, I don't want to meet her. She's yeah. autistic and she doesn't like to meet people. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. people were like, you can meet her. And I was like, no, she don't like that. I got my gift from her. I don't need to go and be, she doesn't have to, I don't need to be seen by her. She gave me the gift of her. And her second show, Douglas, which is named after her dog, is about all the hate. Oh, really? Oh, it's so fantastic. She just, she does a whole thing on the hate and all the men who are like, I never even heard of you before, but I want to tell you, you're not even funny and your show is this. And she was like, uh, that was a decision. Yeah. (laughs) I made it that way. I was there. I wrote it. Yeah. You know, just because you all hadn't heard of me in America, I've been doing this for 10 years. Right. And this is my show. This is what I do. Right. I'm not, somebody decided to call it a comedy show because that's how they wanted to market it right and yeah and also like that's the thing too like that somebody's expectation of what funny should be or how their style of a comedy special should be or, you know they have to market it some way they have to call it something but like that that is you know that is just so like like mansplaining or something what's the, i don't know the right word is you know just like that anybody can like because it doesn't fit the construct of what it looked like before for them it's not good you know like right people, but for her she doesn't care I know, which is fantastic. And that's when you always get the fucking the moments of glory when people don't care. Right. She's just <laughs> doing her thing. And I feel like that's why she... Maybe that's my problem. I've been caring too much me. lately. Sorry. I've just been thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, I was thinking about it too. I was like, you, you starting to care. <laughs> like celebrity is making you care. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm not going to care anymore. Stop caring. <laughs> that's your joy. Your jo- And I think that that's the gift you give to people is they experience you as so... I like how you're like holding your tits. Oh, I know. I'm holding my tits because you have such beautiful tits. <laughs> you got great tits, don't you? Come on. <laughs> but I experience... I think people vicariously get to feel a freedom and comfort in themselves and their body that you give to them. And it makes me sad if like now you ride the subway and you worry someone's going to see you or you can't go to a yoga class because you're going to fart. Yeah. And it's like... I think people would love you even more because it's like, oh my God, Bridget farted and it was great. I mean, yeah. I know it's not fun to see that written, but who cares? Don't read it. Step out of the cage. Step out of the damn cage. <laughs> Step out of the cage. Because they would put you in a cage and they would pay you a lot of money to be in that cage. Yeah. And then you will have to break out of the cage because yeah. it will be just too confining for you. But it'll be very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it will. Yeah. Oh, Lord. I found, I found, I found, I want to hold your hand. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. It's nice to get some human contact, ladies and gentlemen. 
<laughs> no, I adore you. I mean, like um, you same, are very. And um, I, I sincerely meant it that you you changed my life and um, just made me a freer artist and Thank and you. made and it changed my choices about even the kind of work I wanted to do because seeing you create out of out of yourself and what you what. It, it seemed like it was you know nobody was telling you what you had to be. You yeah. made something. I don't even know if the stories you tell in your show are true stories. Um, they're great stories. Largely, <laughs> Largely <laughs> I have no true. idea. They're dark stories, and dark stories make me laugh. So, um, it it really is what inspired me to even start writing more things for myself yeah. because it was like, yeah, can I stop being the tool for somebody else's stories? And yeah. is there something that's seeking You're to so come good at through it. me? <laughs> I am good at it, but I think it's because I was raised to be a tool. Yeah. Like, you know, I was always told, get your head out of the clouds, you know. Yeah. My mother only ever praised me for being humble. Yeah. And so. That's the thing. Like, there's, I, I got the same shit, you know. I remember, like, this woman, like, one my, I'll never forget it. Like, my sister's college boyfriend, we went over there and, like, <clears throat> her mother was, like, asking me to do some chores or whatever. And she's like, okay, I'll give you. She didn't say anything about giving me money, so I did it. And she's like, I'm going to – how much would you like for that? And I was like, oh, nothing. She's like, I'll give you a dollar. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to give you two because you didn't ask for more. So, like, it's always sort of stuck with me that, like, you shouldn't ask for what you're worth or what you think. And, like, I've had to do a whole reset over the last several years. You know, I think – I don't want to say that women feel that way a lot, but I do think women feel that way a lot, like – knowing their worth and asking for what they want, you know, or asking what they, what they deserve. And, you know, I'm good friends with Amy Schumer and she's like, always like, she's like, I'm not doing that. Like I'm worth this amount of money <laughs> and I won't do it otherwise. And I'm always like, well, I should probably just say yes. Cause if I don't take this opportunity and then it's all going to, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, but I think there's, it's so important to just not prostitute yourself, you know, like really make sure you're getting what you're worth. And that doesn't have to be monetarily, but just like. That or something that's a value to a valued, you. A valued, yeah. That a you're, value to you. Like yeah. for me, if you're going to take me on a trip, that's a value to me. Yeah. I've worked for people for free because we were going to some exotic place. Yeah. It's always just so, just so you feel that you're being valued in the right way and however that is, you know. And I think that that has to come from inside of you. Yeah. You know, like other people telling you it's a value or other people saying, oh, this is what you're worth or they should do this or they yeah. should do that. If if there's a clarity inside of you that, you know, this this is good for me. It's like, listen to that shit. Yeah. What was that? Is it is it not Waiting for Guffman? It's the dog show one. Did you ever see, you know, that? Um, uh, the I know exactly what you're talking uh, about. What the? Best in show. Best, in, best show. in show. And when she's like, I have instincts, but he tells me to ignore them or whatever. <laughs> 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 that shit makes me laugh so hard. But, you know, I spent a lot of time like, not listening to the voice inside of me, but it's, you, you have to. <laughs> but you've also spent a lot of time listening to it, or you couldn't. And that's when things always go right. What you are, yeah. I, I do think that your instincts are always right for you, yeah. even when they're wrong. Yeah, because the wrong is actually the, the step the, to the next thing. Yeah. And you don't. I think it's like Oppenheimer who said, "If you look at your life from the end, it's a perfect roadmap to where you are." Yeah. So if you're happy with where you are, that's what you needed. You know, yeah. the moment before is. Is is necessary. I mean, I'm here with you and Poppy. I guess life's pretty good. And you didn't want to come. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that you didn't want to come. I just didn't want to like. I just needed. I wanted. It was to... cold outside. She's like, damn, I'm trudging down in midtown. I know, but you know what? People do. Sh 
you know, it's, that's always like, I want to have the best time. It's like, just fucking go to the things that, you know, you, you may not want to do and you're going to have a great time. Well, I hope you had a great time because I've had a great time having no, you. No, I had the best time. It was really nice to, to see you. To you. We got to get together and have some Jim Crow chicken. <laughs> you know. Jim, are you listening? Can you invite us over for some chicken, please? It's time for some chicken, Jim Crow. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say one last thing before we, we close out, and that was um, I once came to your house and I met some folks and we tried some mushrooms. It was my first time ever. <laughs> Nothing happened to me at all. Yeah. Nothing. Like, <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Nothing Nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And um, have you ever done them? Yeah. Does anything happen to you? Uh, I did them this summer, and I felt just, like, really happy and giggly. And that's – I don't know if that was that or – because I also smoked a little pot, so who knows? <laughs> nothing happened to me. It yeah. was, like, so disappointing. I read like, had read, like, ten books on it. Yeah. And, you know, and it was like, it wasn't for me. Yeah. And then um, – then one day someone said, well, you're just going to have to up the dose. And I think Tom, Dennis McKenna, is that who the person is? He talks about the heroic dose is like seven grams or something like okay. that. And um, uh, I, I had to do like nine grams to get to just, and I was like, oh, the world is a little twinkly. The world is always twinkly for me. And I was had this sense I'm of like, twinkle. do other people need to do this to get to a twinkly world? Because I yeah. feel like the world is always twinkly for yeah. me. But it set me on this journey of, of you know, I've, I've tried combo and Aya and all kinds of things. Ayahuasca? Because, yeah. You did that? Oh, yeah. I'm like, sorry, oh, yeah. I don't want to get it. No, 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 it's fine. Um, because what I began to see is that the plants and the animals really are teachers. And so yeah. I've been doing a lot of yeah. journeying. Um, uh, yeah. 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 Done Aya. And how was that? I've done it about four times. And it's, Shit. Yeah, it's different every time. Uh, one of the things the medicine said to me, which was this great lesson, it was like, you know, we're all slave prisoners to the all. And I was like, well, and it's like, well, you know, everything you create is part of the all. You can't create anything outside of the all. All is all. And when I left that experience, I was like, oh, my deep commitment to free will, I don't I don't have it anymore. I was like, I don't know that I, there is such a thing as free will. I don't even know that the thoughts I'm thinking are mine. I am an expression of something that is all and yeah. we all are expressions of it. And I think there's just been a freedom in my life of like going, okay, so I'm like a ocean bubble, like a little drop of water and something yeah. is expressing through me. And it's been, I've been the happiest I've been in my life coming to this place of like, Oh, okay. I'm just a instrument of, of something much bigger than me or my will or anything. Yeah. So that's been a, a big thing for me. Get my hands on some ayahuasca people. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to go to Peru. Yeah. Where's the trip? <laughs> See you in Peru, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for having me. It's been and thank you, Poppy. And Poppy was quiet the whole time. Yeah. Poppy's sitting there looking like a little a little raccoon. She's um, like, bitch, give me my chicken. Yeah, we're gonna get you some Jim Crow chicken. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> thank you, Bridget. Thank you. This is uh, You Can't Say That Podcast. My guest, Bridget Everett on the Broadway Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can. 
I'm Tanya Pinkins. This is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Derek Gunther, music by Anthony Norman, available wherever you get your podcast. And visit me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and let me know what you'd like to hear me talk about. For more information, visit bpn.fm forward slash YCST. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.